It was the weekend of sweeps in Pac-12 baseball. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Beaver Man Beat Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back into another edition of the Beaverman Beat Podcast. My name is Pat Beaverman. Episode 13 is going on the airwaves today. The day of recording and airing is Tuesday, March 28th, and the Beavers are coming off of their first Pac-12 Conference Series win. Um, big weekend for the Beavs. Uh, one that I think they needed to win. It was a good Cal team, don't get me wrong in, in, in saying that, but off two tough first weekends uh, in conference play with the loss to Washington State and then the sweeping uh, occurring by Stanford, uh, you really needed to get a couple wins on the board and jump up a little bit in those Pac-12 standings. Uh, I think after this past weekend's results, this conference is nothing but wide open. Uh, there is such a long season left to go, and you've seen highs from almost every team, and you've seen lows from every team. Um, so th- there's there's a long way to go. We are just getting started, guys. This is a 60-game season. The Beavers have played 24 games. We are right at the beginning of it, guys. We are still got plenty of looking, of looking forward to go. Nine games in conference, so... Tons and tons of time left. A huge tournament at the end of the year to go. Uh, and I think the Beavs uh, have got to like the spot that they're at. Right now, coming off the weekend, pitching looked fantastic. Bullpen is starting to figure things out a little bit. Uh, it was really the bats that were a little cold and that uh, raised some eyebrows, raised some questions over the weekend. Uh, thankfully, those are things that can be fixed. Uh, baseball is not a game where you, well, I guess this this doesn't fit because the Beavs went 54-6 and six a few years ago or whatever it might have been, but it's not a game where you can just be good at, throughout the entire season. You're going to have highs, you're going to have lows, um, and it's weathering those lows and coming out um, on top for it and, and keeping your uh, kind of wits about you and keeping your eyes on the goal. And I think Mitch Canham is going to have this club ready to do that. He's managed at the professional levels, and their seasons are a hell of a lot longer than 60 games. Um, so I think Canham's the right guy to take this ship and keep them fighting the storm and, and going up and playing a very competitive series this weekend in Seattle against the Husky team that just took two of three from UCLA in um, Westwood, California. So we'll get into all of the the recapping of the weekend and then go into the power rankings before the the midweek matchups. And then, um, as usual, on Thursday, we'll do the predictions for the weekend series. But I do have to begin with a little bit of a segment here. Um, It surfaced on Twitter yesterday. I think Barstool Beeves was the original poster. Um, And they are asking about the Mount Rushmore of Oregon State. Gonna go fresh cup of Java this morning. So there's a couple. This is such an open-ended question. Uh, I was talking with Free Ship Two about it, and we were, what are the parameters here? You know, you could go. Was it strictly on their time at Oregon State? Uh, people that went to Oregon State and then had professional careers. 
people that have come back to Oregon State to coach or that have coached and didn't attend Oregon State. Uh, so I, how I wanted to lay it out was I think that is my Mount Rushmore of, of Oregon State Beavers is going to be based off of your time spent at the university. So uh, whether that was a student, a coach, a uh, professor, uh, I'm not too sharp on my professor, so I don't know if any of them make the list today. Um, uh, honorable mention to Linus Pauling, smart guy. Um I'm going to keep it to sports, a little bit more of my forte, but just uh, all of their times at Oregon State, and I will kick it off. Number one, Pat Casey. Uh, I think Pat Casey's got to be on there. Um, you still look around the landscape of college baseball today, and it is dominated by teams in, in the Southeast and in Texas and things of that nature, and that was the same in Southern California. That was the same in the early 2000s and the late 90s. Um, what he had has done and what he did to bring relevance to baseball in the Pacific Northwest at Oregon State and bring three national championships to Corvallis in, in the sport of baseball is something that stories should be written about, movies should be made. I'm sure statues will be erected. Uh, Scott Barnes, wink. Uh, this man belongs on the Mount Rushmore of Oregon State Beavers, I think, first and foremost. Um, Lots of greats in the past, and probably, uh, not recency bias, but probably just bias because I was alive to see him over some of the other greats. Um, Give you uh, Ralph Miller or something of that sort. Um, So for me, I've got to go there. With uh, with my first pick there has got to go with with power, uh, Pat Casey, and get him on there. Number two, give me Jonathan Smith. Um, I think this is one that'll just continue to play more and more and more as to solidifying him on this Mount Rushmore. Um, arguably the biggest victory of uh, modern day Oregon State football came with Jonathan Smith at the helm when he was quarterbacking the 2001 team to the Fiesta Bowl slaughtering of Notre Dame fighting Irish uh, 43-9 a game that was never in doubt Um, I would have to give that as the biggest win magnitude size or magnitude wise Uh, and then we've also got some top tier wins already with him as a coach uh, and this program is going to be better and better with the, the college football playoff format changing to all you having to do is win the Pac-12 and you're in. Uh, I, it's not crazy. Uh, I don't even feel the need to put I think in front of that. It is not crazy to s- anticipate the Oregon State Beavers um, surfacing in the college football playoff in the next five years. Uh, especially when you lose USC. Beavs can get around UCLA no matter what, in my opinion. Uh, USC was always going to be someone that's buying their way to the top. And, and yeah, Lincoln Riley's a good offensive coach. But um, this will enable the Beavers and other Pac-12 teams, too, to have a glimmer of hope where before and then with the top four teams, it was, I mean, obviously pretty damn difficult for a Pac-12 team to get in, huh? But um, back to my, my original point, I will... I've got plenty and plenty of stuff, say, for football season, and uh, maybe we'll do a spring football conclusion here. 
Jonathan Smith, number two on the Pat Beaverman, uh, Oregon State, Mount Rushmore. Number three. Where do we want to go with number three? We mentioned him earlier, and after thinking on it and pondering on it, it got to be Ralph Miller. He has, uh, ho- after some brief research, I'll tell you, uh, he has found his way on this list and right where he belongs. This man's Wikipedia is a list of uh, accomplishments, of records, of... Um, We'll start, we'll go chronologically in Mr. Miller's life. Uh, well, he played college football. He was listed as position was end. And he was a second team all big six conference player in 1941 uh, at the Can- University of Kansas. He was a Jayhawk. Uh, he served in the United States Air Force as a first lieutenant in World War II. Uh, he is a two-time AP Coach of the Year a two-time Pac-10 coach of the year. He won four Pac-10 regular season titles, all with the Beavers, 80, 81, 82, and 84. Two Big Ten regular season titles. Um, uh, this to be a good test for me here. Is it the Mountain Valley Conference, the MVC? I know it is the Missouri Valley Conference. All right, I got to pick up my mid-major basketball knowledge here. You've got the UPI College Basketball Coach of the Year in 81, the NABC Basketball Coach of 1981, and the Henry Iba Award, which was established to recognize the best college basketball coach of the year. He also won that in 1981. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. I haven't even started talking about his Oregon State time yet. Uh, He was the head coach at Oregon State for 19 seasons two of which were losing seasons. Um, I could only imagine Beaver's Twitter after he had his first losing season. Oh, the sky would have been falling. Chicken Little. They would have been calling for him to be canned. Uh, He is the second most winning head coach in Oregon State history, just behind Mr. Slats Gill himself. Um, I mean, his name's everywhere on campus. Why shouldn't his face be on Mount Rushmore? Ralph Miller Court, Ralph Miller Drive. Get him on the mountain. That guy, um, he belongs there. And we got to put him there at number three. Um, an Elite Eight appearance for the Beavers. Four, five, uh, seven tournament, nope, eight tournament appearances with the Beavers. Um, really, really quite impressive. And God, what I would do to be alive for the days of Oregon State basketball um, to play that well. And number. Four. This might be a bit of an outside pick, but that's what number four spot on Mount Rushmore is for. Four. Give me Mike Parker. Um, obviously, no no accolades to be had besides uh, calling three national championships. But I think there is something that sports teams have with their broadcasters. Uh, it's tough to. Uh, what's the word? Tough to make tangible. That's bad. That's not what I want to say, but it's tough to... Look at me now. You can't put it into words. It's uh, just one of those things, and Mike Parker has it. Uh, He fits in so well with what Oregon State's identity is as a university, as a college sports program, uh, a true man of the people. 
the, one of the nicest gentlemen that you can meet out in the wild of Corvallis or wherever you may be. Um, and if don't take what Mike Parker can do for granted because if you go and watch or listen to other college programs, radio calls, or uh, I'm sure many of you notice with the Pac-12 network, none of those guys are truly good. Roxy Bernstein's not bad, but uh, he's second to none. The how effortless, effortless, effortlessly he is talking into that microphone, and the word choice that he has it flows just so eloquently. Um, I'm envious of him. Obviously, it's not rolling off quite as smooth for me here. Um, even over the weekend, the, on the the Sunday game, him and Jonathan Smith calling the baseball game together was uh, audio gold. Um, I wish that we could have saved those records and play them back years from now. Because I mean, credit to Jonathan Smith, he did a killer job as a color <laughs> color announcer for uh, for the baseball game. But uh, I think Mike Parker plays a huge role in that, and he just makes it so easy for you to, to sit there. And um, I could listen to that man describe grass growing um, if you're catching my drift. Uh, I think that while he hasn't had a direct impact on winning or losing or records or championships or anything of that sort, I think he plays a pivotal, pivotal role in Oregon State athletics, and he has so for a number of years now. And I, I can't have I don't have enough good things to say about Mr. Parker, um, except he I think he deserves a spot on the Mount Rushmore of uh, of Oregon State Beavers. Uh, so that's my four. I'm interested to see everybody else's four and see some of the reaction to the four that I went with. Um, I know not the most conventional four, a couple that I snuck in there. Um, but I, I, I like that. I'm confident on that one. And uh, I might have to find me a 3D printer person and, and uh, make me a little customized Mount Rushmore. I think that'd be a cool little mantelpiece. But all right, getting into the recap of the weekend of baseball. Like I said at the, at the very beginning, the weekend of sweeps, um, something that I kind of stayed away from in my predictions sweeps are because they're, just, they're hard. It's hard to win all three games. Uh, Stanford was the one that I did pick, and that did come to fruition. They beat Utah three times. I think everybody saw that one coming. Arizona State took care of Arizona in three games, swept them up. USC swept Washington State up, which a little bit of a surprise to me. I think I had the Cougs actually winning that series. Uh, and then Oregon swept Northwestern State, but uh, yeah, I would hope so. Um, and then outside of that, obviously, the, the Beavs took two of three from the Golden Bears. And the big upset of the weekend, Washington takes games two and three to beat the Bruins on their home turf and uh, and get a really big se- series win for the Huskies. Looking at tonight's matchups uh, of the midweek games that start off, Cal will play uh, San Francisco. Portland is up right now in Seattle. They'll take on the Huskies tonight. Grand Canyon will stay in Arizona and play Arizona. UCLA and Cal State Fulton will go to battle, whereas as the Trojans will go to the Ant Eaters and take on UC Irvine. And Arizona State up to Viva Las Vegas to take on UNLV. 
a couple Wednesday night games for you. Uh, Oregon State will be up in Seattle getting their road trip started early with a quick game against Seattle University. And Wednesday as well, the homegrown Linfield Wildcats are off to, to go take on the Washington State Cougars out there in Pullman, Washington. A, a solid Linfield ball club this, this year, headlined by center fielder Derek Moen and uh, a couple studs. They've had some injuries bang them up there uh, at that program down in McMinnville, but they were bouncing back uh, conference champions last year. and They'll give the Cougs a run for their money up there. Um, so I'm excited to watch that one and, and see how that one goes. Um, I'm with the Cats. Give me the Cats over the Cougs. Uh, Thursday, we squeaked one in. It is the start of um, Stanford's weekend series, I believe. Um, they're playing Oklahoma. All right, jumping into the power rankings. As always, we will start at number 11. Do the drum roll if you'd like. I'll give you a couple seconds. We all know where we're going. Drum roll, please. Utah Utes are coming in last place once again, um, holding down the 11 spot firm. Uh, they got swept by Stanford. I think most teams are going to get swept by Stanford. Um, Stanford's a good ball club, but uh, as USC showed you, Stanford's not perfect. You know they can slip. Uh, so yeah, Utah will take up that 11 spot. 10 and 14 on the year, 2 and 7 in Pac-12 play, and they share that 2 and 7 record with another Pac-12. Foe, and that will be the Cal Golden Bears who will claim the 10 spot in the Pac-12, Pac-11, I suppose. Uh, baseball power rankings this week. Um, salvaged one game out in Corvallis, uh, but those games were, were one ugly, if you know what I'm saying. Um, those games were one, um, not in the fashion that maybe the coach would be the most excited to see the game one in. I mean, the game three with the two beaver runs scoring on a walk and on a pass ball um it was kind of a constant to the weekend you know not great weather it was cold and hell and uh, just one of those things that that's what good teams do though good teams win ugly which means conversely bad teams lose ugly and that's what happened to cal um over the weekend as they dropped two games in that series so they'll find themselves two seven in conference and at the 10 spot and then jumping up one more above them right now. So far for the first three, I'm just reading the conference standings. It is going to be the Arizona Wildcats. Uh, getting swept by your crosstown rival uh, is always a kick in the pants. Real quick shout out to MacBooks. My computer just died and retained all of the previous recording to this point uh, so thank them for this episode probably being released today uh, back to the regularly scheduled programming but yeah Arizona uh, you know like, like I was saying tough to be swept by your cross team rival cross town rival uh, three and six out of the gate for Pac-12 play obviously as Beaver fans know it's not the best they also swept Cal um, and they got swept by UCLA and then swept by Arizona State. So a bit of a skid, but a bit of a tough schedule at that. Uh, six straight conference losses for the Wildcats after starting out hot. Um, but I got to jump up from there and taking the number eight spot will be the Beavers of Oregon State after uh, 
claiming that series win over the Cal Golden Bears, a nice jump and a nice bit of cushion from the bottom of the conference, the bottom of the power rankings. Now here, three and six, the two wins over Cal. Uh, you know they they did it ugly, but it worked. The pitching was fantastic, and uh, I think it's one thing for the the Beavers will be able to look ahead and use that kind of ability to grind out those games and win in a dogfight. Um, pulling up the numbers here, but I know that this was a weekend that. You know, offense wasn't at the forefront for either team. Um, scores on the weekend going 5-3 Oregon State Friday night, and then 2-1 California, and then 2-1 Oregon State. Uh, so low-scoring weekend at, uh, at Goss Stadium ever. I mean, from the fifth inning on on Friday, six runs were scored. So over 23 innings of baseball, six runs. Uh, so that kind of, you know... Don't freak out, everybody. Like, that was, you know, a lot going on there. And uh, it was kind of miserable conditions to be playing and driving in runs and whatnot. Uh, overall, the Beavers were able to manage uh, the base paths well with strikeouts to walks. Um, a tick higher in strikeouts over the weekend. Uh, but nothing jumping off the page crazy. Um, I thought that Sunday they did a really nice job doing kind of a bullpen day. I don't know if they intended for Lattery to go longer than he did with the two and two-thirds, but Ian Lawson, Tyler Mejia, and Ryan Brown really picked up uh, the back end of that game, only giving up two hits through the last six and a third innings. Um, kept the Beavs in it when they needed to be. Let's see if I can find it. 13 runners left on base for the Oregon State Beavers in Game 3. Uh, which, you know, you want to jump out and say that's bad. Well, Cal had 11. Uh, you know, 8 left on base in Game 2, 8 left on base in Game 1. Uh, that's something that I guess I think the Beavers are going to have to kind of take a look inward and, f and fix a little bit going forward. Um, whether that's rearranging the lineup to just keep bats more consistent through the order instead of, I mean, we saw a little bit of that with Canham moving things around. Garrett Forster hit leadoff in the Sunday game. Um, unfortunately, went 0 for 4 with two two strikeouts, but the guys behind him picked it up. Uh, Easton Talt got his uh, hit there. Uh, Bazana went 2 for 3. Mikey Kane went 2 for 3. Uh, Dallas Macias 1 for 3. Um, but after that, now you're out of hits again. Uh, so, um, all the hits coming from five guys in Sunday's game, which is where you run into getting the bases loaded four times and uh, and then not getting any runs across. Um, credit to Carter Baines. Uh, you know, I asked him, is it good to have the bases loaded that often? As I, a, a common question of mine on, on Twitter, uh, on an Oregon State statistic when things aren't looking too well, I'll ask, is that good? And uh, Carter plays along well. And I like his optimism. He said, well, at least they're getting guys on base. Um, so that is true. The bats will come around. It's late March in Corvallis, Oregon. Most of you, if you're fans or if you're listening, probably went to Oregon State or are familiar with, very familiar with Corvallis. Yeah, 45 degrees here and cloudy. Um, probably not the most exciting uh, and thrilling time to stand in the box and, and try to get a base hit there. Uh, Sunday might have been even. Sunday was about the same, but uh, that I mean, there was a couple innings there in the middle where it was just downpouring. Uh, so you know, 
like I said earlier, good teams know how to win ugly. That was a good ugly win. Friday night was a was a nice looking win, you know, not not quite so ugly. Uh, a little come from behind ish, but um, a big inning put up a crooked number, and that's often what you get is a nice win. Um, with that four runs in the fourth inning, and that was enough to carry the beeves to victory. Jumping up now, going from number eight, Oregon State, we will go to number seven with Washington State. Um, a bit of a slide here for the Cougs in the last couple weeks after dropping the series to Oregon and now getting swept by USC. Um, USC looks good. This isn't much of a knock on them. It's just uh, other teams are playing well and winning. Uh, so you got to kind of bump them up a little bit. Uh, I was really close here between putting them over Oregon or, and not knowing where to slot Oregon, especially, but I got to give the nod to Oregon after taking the series over Washington State. Um, and that's exactly what will happen as Oregon will slide in at the sixth spot. Um, you know, three game sweep over Northwestern State. They go on the road to um, have three against the Arizona Wildcats this weekend. Um, so I think this is something that we will see more about what this team is made of. If they can take this series, I think I'll predict them to take this series. And then I think I'll have a pretty good grasp on what this team is and where they stand right now. Um, jumping one up from them, give me at the five spot the Arizona State Sun Devils. Um, a big sweep over Arizona. Uh, they took care of business the week prior to that. Who did they have? Did they have the non-conference the week before that? I believe they did. Uh, now, before that, they took two of three from Utah. And then before that was their non-conference sweep against UC Davis. Uh, this is a team that now into Pac-12 play. They've got the ball rolling, five and one. Uh, that one loss to Utah on the Sunday. Um, I think this is a team that can, they've got a favorable schedule out of the gate. If now we're looking at the official Beaverman beat power rankings, they've had the number 11 team, the number 9 team, and then they will go this weekend and play the number 10 team. Um, so they've got a chance to really get a good start to their season and pad up those wins where they need to to get a good seed for the playoffs here. Um, they finish it on a bit of a tougher note after that. They'll go Washington State, Washington, Oregon State, Oregon, Stanford, USC, UCLA into the tournament. Um, so this will be real interesting. Um, kind of the opposite of Oregon State's schedule. I think Oregon State's was more front-loaded, um, if anything. So Arizona State right now, I will slot them in there at the fifth spot, but they've got nowhere but room to go up as for now with just a couple difficult stretch uh, teams coming for them in the future. Uh, jump up to number three, and for the first time, they are not in the top two. It is going to be UCLA following their series loss to the Washington Huskies. Um, one through three is getting really tight, and then four through... 10 is still tight. I'm going to leave Cal in that for now, and we'll see if they can hold on there. Uh, UCLA, uh, I thought they'd, I thought, I knew Washington would steal one. I didn't think the Washington would be able to take two down there. Um, I think UCLA will bounce back. I think this is still a top 10 team realistically in the country when the season's all said and done. 
Um, I think they'll host a regional. I think they'll probably host a super regional. Um, but getting shut out on Saturday uh, is always a little bit tough. But coming off a of sweep of Arizona, they swept, they're almost swept Oregon. They took two or three from Oregon. Uh, so still a good ball club. They took one from Vanderbilt earlier in the year. Um, that win over Pepperdine doesn't look nearly as prominent anymore. Pepperdine looks to be stifling a little bit. Um, so yeah, I will slot UCLA in at number three. We will go number two with USC um, after a series sweep over the Cougs. Uh, USC's turned it up a notch, and they look pretty um, pretty dominant down there in Southern California. They might have the edge on their crosstown rivals. Uh, so yeah, like I said, the sweep of Washington State, um, 13-3, 6-1-6-3. Uh, but this is a team because it's like, where do, you, where do you slot them? They dropped a series to Cal, but they won a series against Stanford, who was number one. And they swept Washington State, who was number four last week. Um, they've got a bit of a cookie with Utah, but for now, I'm gonna ride it. I'm gonna. I like where they're at. Give me USC, or I'm sorry, yeah, USC at number two, which means Stanford retains their spot at number one. No surprises here. If you're number one and you go three games sweep, I don't think you have any reason to fall in that power ranking there. Stanford number one in the Pac-12 again. Um, I'm sure they'll start to kind of regain their national rankings and get them higher and higher here as we go but that looks like a more and more complete ball club week by week and uh, they are one of my Omaha 8 as of right now and I would be pretty surprised to see them not make uh, the College World Series as of now but it's college baseball and we're all very familiar with it as Beaver fans Um, anything can occur anything can happen Um, but that I think will handle things and take care of things for me today here on the Beaverman Beat Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'm going to try something new. Um, I know Twitter is getting going away from the For You page unless you pay, which is uh, kind of ridiculous. So I'm going to try and throw this on the uh, the Lodge page on beaverblitz.com and see uh, if we get some more eyes there. But thank you all again for tuning in. Please, as always, share with a friend if you're a Beaver fan. Thank you all for tuning in. And thanks for responding on Twitter to those of you, uh, my Arizona Beef. I appreciate that. I like seeing the interaction um, and getting to see some of the folks that are tuning in and listening. Uh, So thank you all again. Have a good rest of your Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever day it is that you're listening. I'll talk to you again on Thursday with some weekend predictions. And we'll get into it a little bit more with the Oregon State series against the Washington Huskies. All right. Have a good one, everybody.